You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Boys in the Booth podcast, uh, this time without Harper Cody, our host. So Case, you and I, we're going to be struggling through this one, but uh, you know, I'm sure we'll do fine. Harper gave us a bit of a short notice here <laughs> that he was going to be missing this pod, but it's all good. It's the two of us today and uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. So before we get into it, how about I ask you, how are you doing and how is that mustache that I see? That looks fantastic. Yeah, it's Sans Harper and lots of mustache on this episode <laughs> so between much. the two of us. Um, my brother's bachelor party is this weekend, and I was like, you know what? When's a better time to have a mustache than a bachelor party? That's so, fantastic. Grew it out just real jiffy, and uh, I'm ready for it now. It looks good, man. Are you planning on keeping it around or what? I don't know. I fluctuate with these things. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. It's like, I mean, I've had mine for a while now, but it's like some days I look in the mirror, I'm like, that looks really good. Other days I look in the mirror, it's like that looks terrible. Shave it off. So, um, okay. Yeah, no, I've got some. Uh, I've got some work stuff coming up. I got the Restaurants Canada show, so maybe I won't have a mustache for that, but we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. I debated uh, shaving mine. I've got a job interview coming up this week, and so, but uh, you know, I think it's part of me now. So I think I might just keep it. I don't know. But, yeah, it says a lot about a man when you uh, show up to a job interview with a mustache. Yeah, I mean, I might look like a rancher or something, but, you know, maybe I have legal skills as well. Um, this weekend, dude, <laughs> was uh, Easter, obviously, and Paige's sister and her niece came to visit. So that was just so hectic. Oh, my God. Like, it was absolutely nuts. So having a four-year-old child in the house, first of all, is like ridiculous. Add on top of that, having to study for my first round of, or I guess you can technically say it's my second round of law school exams. Like it's still unfamiliar to me. And like this whole weekend was just a blur and stressful and all of that. But I'm happy to be here and, and recording because we didn't record last week and it's been a while since since we talked hockey and i was kind of looking forward to it anything exciting happen on your weekend no it was pretty pretty nothing weekend i didn't even i didn't go back to see the family for easter because i'm going this weekend and gas is uh, a billion dollars so driving five and a half hours is a little out of the question two weekends in a row for me yeah fair enough Okay, so for this episode, we're going to get right into it. We're going to do Fantasy Corner, and then we've got three, actually four, because I added one, cap or no cap questions that Harper actually sent to us. And I know I wasn't supposed to look at them, Case, but I did briefly, just only because Harper sent them to me, and I read the message, and then I was like, oh my god, I'm not supposed to see these, but like, I'm a fast reader, so I read the three. So, I don't take that to, and like, don't think that I prepared for these, because I didn't. That's Chad's what I'm trying to get across. a bunch of advanced <laughs> analytic stats in his back pocket for these. I have, I'm absolutely cold, don't know anything. Great. Love it. Yeah. No, I've got nothing, trust me. So, okay, Fantasy Corner first. What a 
few couple weeks. Like we picked the worst week to miss because fantasy was incredible that week. And I'm just looking at it now and and I'll kind of go through what the matchups were and and how they turned out and then we can kind of we can kind of recap it if that uh if that sounds good. Great. Okay, so quarterfinal matchups what do we got here? We had you and I facing each other, and we knew that was going to be an absolute bloodbath, and it was. I ended up coming out on top for that one, uh, 316 to 262. The next matchup was Hattrick Swayze and Ball to the Wall. Hattrick Swayze ended up coming out uh, victorious in that, 203 to 159. Will Nye the Science Guy upset the meatheads. We talked about that on the previous podcast that that could very well happen and it did uh score of 238 to 179 and then the final the final matchup here Bacchus Door Bandits ended up beating uh the Danbury Trashers another upset uh by the score of 264 to 226 so that was week 24 that was the quarterfinals now we go on to the semifinals and we'll go back and forth here in a second just want to read all these out I played Hattrick Swayze, and the Bacchus Door Bandits played Will Nye the Science Guy. Bacchus Door, who finished seventh in in league standings, wins against Will Nye the Science Guy after some shady stuff went down, and he's in the finals now. I ended up beating Hattrick Swayze. It wasn't even close. Sorry, Emerson. Score of 239 to 158. So now, to set up this final week, it's actually two weeks of fantasy. Um, I will be playing the Bacchus Door Bandits over the course of the next couple weeks. I think there's 14 days because a, a Jets game got postponed. So that was a lot right there. Case, okay, so why don't we go back, talk about maybe the quarterfinals a bit, and then we'll get into the semis, and then we'll briefly uh, preview the, the finals. So in typical fashion, I lost and would have beat almost the entire league in points. <laughs> So that's just how it goes for me. Um, yeah, we knew it was going to be a barn burner, absolute high score between the two of us. But um, you overperformed by a long shot. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's, so did I, but not by very much. And basically your projection was 264. I got 262, so I almost beat your projection. And then you got 316. <laughs> like... Mitch Marner uh, yeah. again got like 48 points or something ridiculous. I don't remember how much it was, but in like the first two days, 49.5 he got for that week. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so that's how that went for me. And, um, that, yeah, that was tough. I, I was doing, I did all my moves. I was checking the lineups every day. I wanted to beat you because frankly, I thought the only one out of those eight teams that could beat you was me. Yeah. Um, now I'm praying that Pross can do it in the in the finals, but we'll see. Oh, what a what an absolute week for us! Like, like you said, 262. That would have beat any other team in the top eight, except for I mean, obviously myself and surprisingly the Bacchus Door Bandits, who came out at 264 that week. So they had an incredible yeah. week, and you know maybe there's a reason they're in the finals now. But okay, that was the quarterfinals. In the semis now, which just ended a couple days ago, some shit went down, and like this was this it kind of pissed me off what Remy did, and no doubt he's listening to this right now. He realized he was gonna lose to back his door bandits in in the the dying hours of of Sunday night, 
and he dropped the best player that he could have dropped on his team. You're not allowed to drop the top two picks that you have on your team. You're locked out from doing so. And he dropped Matthew Kachuk. He knew full well that I was at the bottom of the waiver wire and that back his door is going to be able to pick him up. And that waiver claim is, I think, on Wednesday or something. So we'll see if if Pross wants to play fair or wants to take advantage of this. But that was a pretty greasy move. Like, what do you think of that? You know, I think that it's fair because if you didn't pull off so many greasy trades good the trades year, remy wouldn't want to do that to you and <laughs> and i it's totally fair for me to say like a, a personality can can determine this outcome because you and i get it all the time in everything we do everyone wants us to lose more oh, yeah. than they want to win it's <laughs> oh, like yeah. in everything i've ever done <laughs> it's oh yeah just it's just our personalities we're competitive and we're I don't know. I don't know what we're, to we're call targets. It. We're targets yeah. for sure. And it's how it how it goes down in the Pepsi Cup every year. Like if we're on the same team, everyone is doing everything they can to make sure that we do not win. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's kinda happened a bunch. We haven't won in a while. So <laughs> yeah. maybe this year will be the year. But man, Sunday night, so Matthews was out for Remy, which automatically like he's two goals away from sixty. He was playing a kind of a trash team in the Islanders. Like he just kind of felt like it was going to happen that night. And if Matthews played, I like I almost have no doubts that Remy would have won that week, but he didn't. So I was really hoping that Nylander, who he also has, was going to come through and get some extra points to to push him over the edge. Nylander scored a power play goal. He got ten point seven five points on Sunday and put Remy within like five points or whatever. If if Nylander got another goal it, because the one was the game winner, like he could have advanced to the finals to play me without Matthew Kachuk, and I was hoping that was going to happen. Oh, that would have been incredible. But okay, finals yeah, in my, matchup. In my semifinals. Okay, hold on. sorry. Yeah, my go semifinals. Ahead. It was one of those weeks where Monday, full lineup. Tuesday, three guys playing. Wednesday, full lineup. Like, guys on the bench with games played. Like, And then Thursday, four guys in, with games. It's like everyone seemed to line up for me with all my teams and all the players I have. Um, my team also underperformed. Like, I got 186 and instead of my 206 projected and then alan's team majorly overperformed he was projected 184 and he got 225 so it was like just a i got my shit (laughs) just a flip-flop there yeah exactly so um yeah no that that was i mean you're not in the final or semifinals or like the important one so didn't didn't hurt too much yeah it hurt alan that he didn't have Kerry price though he really wanted Kerry price because he returned that week but price belonged to um the horny town only fans who's been locked out of his account so he couldn't even <laughs> trade him if he wanted to or right. or drop him or whatever but also um speaking of this week as well in my other league man you would you would be so pissed if if you were me because matthews was out as i mentioned and i have him i also have patrick line who also decided to miss sunday's game i was down by like five points still projected to win by 10 and then tarasenko 
and Buchnevich and a couple other guys absolutely went off. I think Tarasenko had like 15 points. He had four actual points in the game when, when St. Louis won like 8-2 eight, eight or 8-3 or whatever. They've put up a bunch of really high-scoring games recently. But it, if I if I ended up winning that, which I didn't think there was any way I was going to lose, that would have guaranteed me $175 and given me an opportunity to play for 375 but like for whatever reason my guys just didn't clutch and and it sucked so you would have been pissed if st louis is oh yeah st louis's games were six five and eight three this weekend yeah eight three man like what the hell um okay so the finals matchup here i'll just preview it quick it's it's me versus the back door bandits on the line is 130 dollars Technically 140 because <laughs> because there's 14 teams, but 10, 10 of that is your own. Projections right now, I don't know if Bacchus Doris set his lineups right right yet, but I'm projected to just wallop him over the next two weeks, 421 to 315. I hope that's that changes when he sets his lineups and he makes it more competitive because if I win, the guys are going to be so mad and like, I I don't even know what to do if I like what am I supposed to say like sorry I made good trades with Allen and like Dylan you know like you swindled these guys like what do you want me to say yeah yeah they made bad trades with you you didn't make good (laughs) trades with them that's what we like to say yeah and uh Harper can't even talk about fantasy if he were here right now because he didn't make the playoffs so yeah he hasn't had to do anything for the last three weeks my week i don't care if i win this week at all i just want to beat you in points so that's what i'm going to be doing what are you projected for right now do you know only 377 but i haven't really done much tweaking all right all right um okay i think that is the end of fantasy corner so why don't we get into cap or no cap now you're now listening to cap or no cap right here on the boys in the booth podcast no cap this shit busting. three questions sent to us by our very own harper cody because he's not here recording um but i'm gonna start with one of my own for cap or no cap and uh, just because I've seen this in the news over the last couple days, um, Connor Bedard's season is officially over in the WHL. He finishes the year with, I believe, 51 goals, 100 points on the dot, which beats Connor McDavid's 16-year-old year in the OHL um, in terms of goals and points. So first question to you, Case, cap or no cap? Will Connor Bedard be better all time than Connor McDavid? <laughs> that's a that's a magic crystal globe type question to be asking me, but um, I'll put it this way: if it, if it's based off their sixteen year old seasons, then Connor Bedard is going to be the better player in the long term because he beat him in points and goals. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I heard uh, in the WHL which uh, certainly in the last two years, especially around COVID, has been the dominant league of the CHL. Um, And it's always been the more defensive, kind of hard-hitting, like physical uh, league out of the three. So that 
definitely plays a factor in my mind. And then also Connor McDavid's team, the Erie Otters, was very good with the players that he had. And I could not name one player on Connor Bedard's team for you right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I could. What it, what was who are the other players? Dylan Strom and, and Mitch Miner? That was his And Connor Brown played with him for a bit. Yeah, so that's that's a good supporting cast to to get to pump those numbers up as well. You know, I this isn't me taking anything away from Connor <laughs> David and he's the best player in the world. It's just me trying to compare the only apples to apples scenario we have with these two guys, other than like uh U eighteen World Junior Championships, which Connor Bedard also breaking records. Yeah. So or like the Halinka Gretzky or whatever, like you could compare yeah. that. But but yeah, I mean incredible season for Bedard, like monumental um so i will also i will say to this question Connor bedard will be better than Connor mcdavid i will say cap despite the incredible season that he's had there's a long way to go for this kid yeah Connor mcdavid has been the best player in the nhl since he entered the league and i don't think there's any way to to even argue that point he's so so good except you know, maybe there is a case that Crosby was better the first year or something, or like there's maybe a case that Matthews has had a better season this year than McDavid. But anyways, McDavid is is the best player in the NHL. Bedard's got a long way to go, but he seems to be on the right track after an incredible season. I don't know. I'm just trying to compare everything I know about these guys and like size definitely always plays a factor in my mind Connor mcdavid's a little taller yeah (laughs) neither of them are very big but uh that extra little bit of reach always gonna help uh bedard's right-handed is he not a little added value in my mind yeah um i don't know it's an interesting question it's gonna be one of those ones that people are kind of comparing for a long time uh to come here but uh we'll see ask me this question when Connor mcdard gets drafted with yeah what, what what team he's on when he gets drafted and uh i think i can answer that question pretty quick yeah i mean like, if he gets drafted to like someone who was good right now their good team right now and then they're crashing and burning by the time they get him. if if he gets drafted to the islanders or something like that then i'm a little worried for him because um he doesn't have that that system to come in up into um same as like I don't know, there's a few teams I can think of, but maybe if he gets drafted by Arizona, they have a bunch of young kids playing for that team by then, and and they're on the up and up. We, we don't really know, so it'd be interesting to see what team he's going to be on. Yeah, it, it definitely matters, because like, if you come into the league and your line mates are like, like I I don't know Matt Martin and like someone else on on the Islanders like I yeah. I guess they're just fresh in my mind because you mentioned them and the Leafs played them the other night but yeah definitely matters anyway that was a fun one that was that was me I wanted to put that out there just because I saw today on Instagram that like his numbers were better and like people have been talking about it so anyway we'll see now the three that Harper sent us um, these might be a bit quicker not really sure he said. It's Pacific Division themed, and I don't know what he has for the Pacific Division. He just loves it. But anyway, here we go. First one from Harper. Cap or no cap, Vegas will make the playoffs. That's uh that's an interesting one. I'm gonna pull up the standings real quick to kind of dive into that. Um 
I'm going to say no cap. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, Mark Stone just got back. That's a big upside for them. He hasn't done anything. I know that because I have him on my fantasy team. And I think <laughs> he had like zero points and 0.5 points uh, in his first two games back. But uh, even in the mind of a Vegas player, just knowing you're getting that player back is, is huge. And I think uh, they're kind of getting out of that slump that they're in and the team trailing them is i don't know vancouver and and it's a wild card team in the in the central right so yeah so let me um, let me give you the let me give you the standings here for the race so in the west the two wild card spots right now belong to dallas and nashville both with 91 points vegas has 87 points and let's see they have six games remaining Vancouver's behind them with 84 points in, in uh, seven games remaining. I don't think Vancouver really has a shot. No. So Vegas has to to make up essentially two wins. Like they, they're four points back right now with with six games remaining. So I, it's definitely possible. But but anyway, those are the standings. If that, I'm helps still gonna you. I'm still gonna say no cap. Um, they're gonna absolutely wallop the Devils tonight. So there's <laughs> two easy points. Uh, they play San Jose as well. That I don't. I, that's a his like a that matchup goes back, you know. Um, but I think that they're the better team than San Jose. So that should be another two points. They also play Chicago. Two points there, and then that game against Dallas is going to be the one, the make or break to me. Yeah. So uh, if they can beat Dallas in that game, then I think they're in the playoffs. So I'm going to say no cap. Yeah, I'm also going to say no cap. I think they're too good to miss the playoffs, like especially when they're completely healthy. Um, I think it was was Daryl Sutter who said, "Yeah, they're a hundred million dollar team. If they make the playoffs, they're the number one favorites to win it." And like he's not wrong. Like their salary cap when everyone's healthy, and what will happen in the playoffs if they do make it will be almost a hundred million dollars. Like it's it's insane. And if they get in, like we've seen this team make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and and just been so good in the playoffs. They haven't been bad since coming into the league at all. They've been good every single year, and so. Yeah, I think they're just too good to miss the playoffs, especially with the addition of Jack Eichel getting back Mark Stone. Um, their goalie there, what's his name? Thompson is that is that their backup? Thompson. He's been been good as well. Like when uh, you know taking over the net from Robin Lehner. So I think they've got a lot of things kind of going well right now, and I think they're they're a team that's too good and uh, just probably too determined to miss the playoffs, and also like. If they're chasing a wild card spot and they're only back by four points, like, do you have faith in the other teams right now? Like Nashville, I think they're still pretenders. I think they're riding the high of of some some hot scoring from the start of the year. And then a team like LA, who we haven't even mentioned, like, I think they're also pretenders too. And whoever plays LA in the first round, I think is going to have a nice matchup. But, but yeah, I think in some, I think Vegas is just too good to miss the playoffs. And even though it's looking as the days go on more and more, uh, you know, unlikely that they do, I'm, I'm still going to say no cap that they do make the playoffs. The, the thing they have going against them is the hopes and wishes of the hockey world as everyone would like to see them miss the playoffs this year, especially with Jack Eichel 
doing his big swap over there. I think everyone would love the idea of the first year Vegas misses the cup is the year that Eichel joins them. That would be fun. That would be hilarious. And also to add salt in the wound, Tage Thompson has 36 goals on the season and the highest Jack Eichel ever scored for the Buffalo Sabres or in his entire career is 36. And Buffalo has games remaining. So if he beats that and Vegas misses the playoffs with Eichel, that is just a Buffalo's fan, Buffalo fans, like they're just on cloud nine if that happens. Dude, there's talk that Alex Tuck could be the next captain of Buffalo. Like, yeah. wouldn't that also just oh, man. be fantastic? Salt in the wound. It's like, it. it's like you love having Thompson there because like you needed to get something out of the, the Ryan O'Reilly trade. But at the same time, like, ROR won a cup, you know, so who's who's really laughing, you know, at this point. Yeah. But um, OK, number two for cap or no cap sent by Harper, keeping it in the Pacific Division. Uh, the Flames will not be able to afford keeping Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk and Andrew Mangiapane this offseason cap or no cap. And it, I'll say this, if you want to tackle it as instead of won't be able to afford, maybe just they won't keep these three players if they choose to go a different direction or something. Um, man, I'd have to know how much they're going to have next year. Yeah, I'd have to pull out the old cap friendly for that. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question to know off the the top of my brain box here um yeah like that's that's why i'm saying like if you don't want to structure it by affordability in in your answer fair enough um but just like if they can keep these guys do they i think they like got reaction i think they do and i think they can um just briefly looking here they don't have any big tickets at all uh like, what do you think Johnny Gaudreau gets as a raise? He's had Man. one fantastic season here. Um, last year was pretty good too, but you know the 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 history isn't really on his side. If 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 you're asking me, Matthew Kachuk's going to ask for a lot, but it's still only going to be like a two million dollar pay raise. Yeah, if I'm looking at it now, so we know that Kachuk is an RFA. Gaudreau is a UFA. Um, Mangiapane is an RFA. So those two RFAs, that's good because you have control. So like it's 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 pretty likely that those guys resign because no one's going to chuck out an offer sheet to those guys because it's going to be massive dollars and that costs a lot of first round picks. But also looking at it here, they've got guys like Carpenter, Yarncrock, uh, Brett Ritchie. Who else do they have here? Trevor Lewis. Like, there's four guys there, nearly $4 million coming off the books um, next year just to UFA. And then they've got, um, it, well, the, the three we talked about to sign. And Mangiapane right now makes 2.425. He's definitely going to make it uh, or get a raise. Johnny Gaudreau makes 6.75. He's definitely going to get a raise. I don't know by how much. And Matthew Kachuk makes seven. He's definitely going to get a raise. So you have to think to yourself, do they have enough space in those four guys who just came or who I mentioned are coming off the books as well as the current cap space that they have, which I believe is like four million. So do they have enough money 
all of that considered to sign those three guys to raises and to to fill out around them as well an extra 1.5 million off the books next year for troy bauer uh bauer's buyout is coming off brower bauer yep that's so there's an extra 1.5 mil also zadorov and good branson i think they want to keep zadorov it seems like he's a really good fit there good branson is depth i guess i i don't know if they want to keep him but yeah i don't know um no i think that there's definitely some room for 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 all of them to be there yeah i think the question at the start of the year um if harper's taking notes here on this cap or no cap question i think at the start of the year it would have made more sense to ask this because the whole scenario surrounding johnny gaudreau was is he gonna stay is he the type of player that this team needs etc etc but he's showing that he is that 99 plus point player that he scored a few years ago and now he's on pace for more than 100 um and matthew kachuk is the player that they thought he was and lindholm maybe sort of out of nowhere is like a selkie candidate and yeah he's criminally underpaid here (laughs) yeah so like i think now the answer to this question will or should they keep all three is yes so long as they make the money work but i don't think mangiapani like sure he's gonna make he's gonna get a raise because he makes next to nothing now but how much can it really be for Mangiapane? Like, he's got 30 goals, but, you know, he's, what, a 60-point player? Like, Yeah, I would uh, I would give him a dollar more than Michael Backlund. What does Backlund make? 5.35. Wow. I, I, like, right there, hey, listen, Andrew, you're the third highest paid forward on this team. Yeah. You're the third best forward on this team. Yeah, that's true. Goudreau, <laughs> like, what, what is what is he gonna make if he makes seven two five? Now is that what I said? Seven two five. Six seven five. Oh, six seven five. What is he gonna make in the off season? Yeah, it's, that's like I said. It's hard to hard to think about with the inconsistency of his seasons. We're not really. I don't know. Is he this year's Johnny Gaudreau? (laughs) Then he's like around $10 million or something like that. So the way people have getting paid, like been getting paid here, I don't know, 9 million, like maybe 10 was a little too much, but I just, I think that this team has to figure out a way to keep all of these guys around. Because when you look at this team and and the build of, of how they are, like you've got a Vesna caliber goalie locked up long-term $6 million. That's, that's cheap for him for markstrom um you've got your two best defensemen locked up long term at under five million dollars each that's pretty big that's a that's a nice place to be sitting um you've got one of your best players that is getting underpaid at 4.85 in in elias lindholm like these are all the things that you want to have going right when you're locking up your best players long term because you know you're comfy going you're you're pushing for a cup each year at these next few years. At least they should be with this lineup. Yeah. Um, man, it would be nice to get Milan Lucic's <laughs> payroll off this. Yeah, not um, kidding. It, it's brutal. Like it, it's not even done next year. That's that's so scary. Or sorry, it is. It is next year's is last year. Like 
man, it'll be nice to get that 5.25 off of there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, if you had to guess right now who makes more money in the offseason, Kachuk or Gaudreau, who would you say? I know it's it's we're comparing apples and oranges because Gaudreau is a UFA and Kachuk is an RFA, but if if we're thinking if we're taking that into consideration, who do you think walks out of there, walks out of Tree Living's office with the biggest check to go to the bank with? I think uh, Gaudreau will walk out with more money, but Math, uh, Matthew Kachuk should walk out with more money. That's yeah. my answer. I could see him signing for the same dollar. Like, I think Kachuk's that good. But, I mean, because Gaudreau will probably get overpaid, right? Because, you know, we don't really know exactly what he is, but he is an R- or a UFA, so... If he wants, he can walk and go somewhere else. I don't think he will. I do think they keep all three guys that we mentioned, but he'll probably get, you know, a lot of money. Nine five, maybe. Like I, I think that's reasonable. And then Kachuk, like, dude, I'd give him the same. He's that good. Okay, well then you're out of money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that's the problem. <laughs> um okay. Third one from Harper, and finally. Uh, third cap or no cap here again keeping in the Pacific Division John Gibson will not be an Anaheim Duck next season cap or no cap oh um, I'm going to say cap I think that he although you know he's never won a cup and probably never will if he sticks around uh, in his time I think he likes the guys on the team he likes where he lives he likes everything he has going for himself and anaheim would be foolish to to willingly get rid of him the only way i would get rid of him if i were anaheim is if he was like jack eichling it um like he's such a good role model in that team full of young like superstars that in the making so having that anchor in that that is also a leader on your team. Uh, that's that's a great thing to have for the for a young team. Like that's something that the Devils are are sorely missing right now. They would if John Gibson was on the Devils. Like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be bad, eh? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm also gonna say Cap. I'll say that he remains on the Ducks. Um, just because I think like for a while the ducks were kind of middling and you weren't really sure like what they were going to do if they were going to rebuild or like if they were going to keep pushing for it well they've kind of made their decision and that decision is a a retool and like they didn't fully sell they realized at the start of the year that there's a lot of potential in that lineup guys like Troy Terry and uh, Trevor Zegris and and you know Jamie Drysdale all three of those guys who are skilling it up as they say in Arizona but like they realize they have a lot of potential they won a shit ton of games at the start of the year and then they kind of did the right thing at the deadline they didn't go okay we're winning games we need to buy they kind of sat back and and thought okay this is our team we're going to be good we've got pieces coming um let's just kind of like ride this out and i'm so happy that they finally decided to do that rather than like completely selling off john gibson or like buying at the deadline or whatever they kind of picked a route and i like that and i think that means that john gibson still fits their timeline because i think if anaheim is going to be competitive in the next 
two, three years, I think you can definitely get valuable, valuable years out of John Gibson in the next two or three. So why would you sell them now when you're going to get futures that don't really match your timeline? Like, I, I think it makes total sense for him to stick around like you said, be a mentor and a leader on this team and, uh, you know, just, just kick it with the young guys and, and make a push again next year for a wild card spot or something. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think this team is very far off from being mm-hmm. competitive and I'm looking forward to the New Jersey Devils Anaheim Ducks, uh, playoff rivalry getting rekindled here. I don't know <laughs> who's going to be Scott Stevens to Trevor Zegers' Paul Korea. Um, but it's going to be exciting and and both these teams are kind of like they're the two teams east west that i compare the most when it when it comes to like where they are in the rebuild and and where they're going to be and how soon i think all of those things are kind of lining up the devils may be a year ahead but it's going to be fun and i just like if i'm john gibson it's like seems like a good place to be um you can take a gamble on trying to win a cup but i don't know how that how that looks for him yeah uh okay that's it dude anything else you wanted to bring up on this week's episode not really i'm uh looking forward to the next couple weeks it's getting busy for me life-wise and and we're getting into some fun time of of the year for sports in general i'm you know getting to see a leafs game see the last game of the year and when they play boston and then we're into playoffs and uh that's when it gets exciting again for me because the devil's games are tough right now for me. It, it's hard. So I've been more of a blue Jays fan than a devil's fan recently. So it, I, it's a great time of year and it's getting exciting. Yeah. Uh, who are you going to be cheering for in the playoffs? LA, I assume. In the West, I'll be cheering for LA. Uh, and if they're out first round, it's Minnesota for me. Um, I hope every team in the East loses. <laughs> Uh, they might to Colorado in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I suppose I'd like to see a Tampa Bay three-peat. That'd be interesting to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because I don't want... Well, Florida. Florida. I'd be, I'll probably be cheering for Florida in the East. Yeah. They're probably going to play Washington or Pittsburgh, I think. And I like both those matchups for, for Florida. They're, they're yeah. good. They're good. <laughs> They're pretty yeah. good. They're scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that concludes it. That was episode 122 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. The next couple weeks will be more exciting because we're going to preview, you know, playoff matchups and everything once we know who's in and who's out so that'll be more fun uh also we'll be getting harper back for the next couple weeks so we'll be able to structure these a bit better rather than uh casey and i just you know rambling off next week we'll also tell you who won our fantasy week because or actually in two weeks we'll be able to tell you that and we'll give you an update next week so all of that to come as well as merch sales on march or may 1st rather uh to get you prepared for summer so Thanks again for listening to episode 122 of the podcast and uh, have a good night. Yep, save those pennies, buy some merch. <laughs> this has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month 
at www.patreon.com slash boys in the booth. 